You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. We have no business as people of God to give ourselves the excuse to let our tongue slip anytime we get good and ready to say what's on our mind. God wants to clean up your mouth. He wants to clean up your language. He wants to teach you how to talk like Jesus would talk uh, and to speak a blessing in places of cursing, amen, uh, and to speak a blessing over people and to love your enemies and do good to those which despitefully use you and persecute you instead of giving them a piece of your mind. As believers and followers of Christ, we've got quite the responsibility for us when it comes to witnessing to the lost. While it might be easy to assume a simple outreach here and there will suffice, God has a much bigger picture in mind. As Pastor Gary will teach you in his message today, God wants to redeem every aspect of your life, including your choice of language. In his study, you'll learn the importance of using your words to build up rather than crass language or tearing others down. Now, here's Pastor Gary in the book of James chapter 3 as he continues his message, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. You want to know how to serve God? Saturate your mind with the Word of God. Amen. Get in this book, and this book will get in you. Amen. It'll make a difference. I say it this way. You read it long enough, and it'll make a believer out of you. Amen. You read it long enough, and it'll do it. Something will give. Something will have to move, and I guarantee you, it ain't going to be the Word of God. Hallelujah. He wants to purge and saturate your mind and heart. Number two, he wants to purge and saturate your mouth. You might as well say amen right there too. Hallelujah. James chapter 3 and verse number 6. The Bible says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Wow, what a definition. What a description for the tongue. And who could deny the truth of that definition? Who among us would ever dare to try to claim any goodness in the tongue of man? Is it not the tongue that sets sets things on fire? I think of the power of the tongue to give life or to give death to change the course of history and mankind as we know it. The power of the tongue, good or bad? Amen. The power of the tongue can mend relationships or tear them in a thousand pieces. The power of the tongue can heal a marriage or completely obliterate a marriage. The power of a tongue can deceive the masses or it can win the hearts of nations and kings. I'm telling you, the power of the tongue is the most powerful instrument outside of God's power himself that he has given mankind. That's why it's important. That's why it's important to understand that one of the first things God does when he begins to saturate and purge your heart and mind is he begins to purge your mouth. 
Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5, after the prophet Isaiah got a good glimpse of the glory of God on his throne, he said, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then the Bible said, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. You need to know that the first thing God wants to do is clean up your language. Amen. The Bible teaches us to let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. But a lot of times, the biggest thing that we have trouble with is our mouth. Amen. But you know what's going to happen when somebody's baptized by the Holy Spirit of God? It'll get that department too. Amen. Because it's covering everything, remember? Your mind, your heart, your tongue. God helped the Christians to get all, go out and everybody knows you're a member of the church and everybody knows you're uh, this or that or the other. And yet you cuss a blue streak when you get mad about something. It's getting quiet. Did not God change your heart? Then why is it not showing up in your language? You represent the Holy One of Israel. We have no business as people of God to give ourselves the excuse to let our tongue slip anytime we get good and ready to say what's on our mind. God wants to clean up your mouth. He wants to clean up your language. He wants to teach you how to talk like Jesus would talk uh, and to speak a blessing in places of cursing, amen, uh, and to speak a blessing over people and to love your enemies and do good to those which despitefully use you and persecute you instead of giving them a piece of your mind. I'm telling you, if the church of Jesus Christ were to be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, uh, he would remove from us uh, the evil tongue. He would remove from us uh, the tendency and the propensity to let our tongue fly off the mouth uh, and just get frustrated and flustered and just uh, just give everybody our opinion. Uh, and I'll tell you, I tell you, I don't what who's that preacher think he is to preach to me like that? Let me go give him a piece of my mind. Or or what what did that person mean by what they said? I tell you what, I'm gonna call him up and I'm going to tell them what I really think and, and God wants to cool your tongue by cooling your spirit I'm talking about surrendering who can tame the tongue the Bible says no man can do it that means I, I can't do it and you can't do it nobody else can do it I'm glad he said that no man can tame it because he didn't say nobody could tame it Ladies and gentlemen, if no man on earth can tame the tongue, then who may we resort to to tame the tongue? It must be the Holy Spirit. It must be solely and entirely and only the Holy Spirit of God that moves into our lives to clean up our language. And it's not just about the things He wants us to stop saying, but it's also about the things that He wants to start, uh, teach us to begin to declare. He wants to change your entire vocabulary. 
Instead of talking about all the junk and the filth of the world, he wants you to become a Jesus lover and a Bible lover and a soul winner and begin to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I told you last week, and I'll probably tell you a thousand times more, the evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God is declaring the gospel boldly to this lost and dying world. He wants to purge and saturate your mouth. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 9, I've done quoted it once, but let me read once more because I want to give you a little more. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. But here's the verse I haven't quoted yet. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by which you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You know what God's saying? Is He's saying, since you put your faith in my son, i got to live with you, so please make my stay a little more comfortable than by you running off at the mouth all the time. Do you realize that you, when, you, uh, when you speak unbecoming of a Christian, you're, a, you're grieving the Spirit of God in your heart? You're offending the Holy One of Israel. Oh, don't we need this kind of preaching? I need it as bad as anybody. I'm telling you, this old flesh... It gets me in trouble all the time. But I know who to go to to get help. And, and I, at least we need to be willing to admit that we've got a problem. And we at least agree with that. Amen. I know this is not a big shouter outer sermon. Amen. This ain't one of them uh, that we can just get all excited about because it's too convicting. But sometimes we need God to plow up the fallow ground in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. And I just want to say this, and I'll move on to the next point. I will hold you to no greater standard than the Word of God, from which I am also held accountable. I'm not holding you to Gary Caudill's standard. In fact, I'm not holding you to any standard. The Holy Spirit's holding you to the standard of the Word of God. Amen? I'm not going to walk around and spy on you and figure out if you're behaving yourself like a, a church member ought to behave yourself amen I, I had somebody call me one time years and years ago to, to tell on one of my church members they wanted me to go catch them in the act i said no thank you if god ain't big enough to deal with them i sure can't amen and i really don't want to know what uh, your business i really don't I'll be quick to tell you, please, uh, unless there's two or three witnesses, we don't need to be running our mouths about people. So don't even think about it. Don't come to me with people's dirty laundry, their past sins and all that mess. It'll just backfire on you. Not by me. The Bible says, uh, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. God will make t make see to it that it backfires on you. Amen. But we so get flustered with other people's tongue and other, what other people said and what other people did. And we're so quick to dodge the mirror. You know how, do you, do you realize how much more you can see in the world if you're not looking straight into a mirror? Think about this. It's a, it's a matter of focus. If I have a mirror in front of me like this close, all I can see when I look straight ahead is myself. I remove the mirror, I can see everything but myself. Isn't that just where we get? 
We get to where we can hear what other people said they shouldn't have said, and we see what other people did they shouldn't have done, and we fail to pull the mirror up and see that we are amongst them all. And, and what God wants us to do is to hold ourselves accountable to what God expects of us in His book. And you're not going to do it in the energy of the flesh or through a religious list of do's and don'ts. You're going to do it when you fall under the leadership and direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit of God who will lead and guide you into all truth. This is not a complicated subject. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know why it has become so puzzling to people. I guess because it's been so misconstrued and been so taken out of context that Baptists are afraid to even mention the Holy Ghost sometimes. They're afraid, especially they're afraid to preach and teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit because there are whole denominations that twist that into something else. And they have set it up on a pedestal the likes of which few of us will ever be able to attain. Are you hearing me? But hear me well. The spirit-filled life of the believer is meant for every single Christian. Not just the preacher. Not just the Sunday school teacher. Not just the deacon. Amen. Not just the missionary. But every single believer God wants to saturate every fiber of your being so that you look more like Jesus and less like yourself. Can I get an amen? And so this is for all of us. This is for all of us. I know we see him in the upper room in, Act, in the book of Acts. Uh, and we say, oh, if we could be like the 120, maybe we could get what they got. Uh, well, the 120 wouldn't know better off than you were without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Uh, it's not the power of the people. It's the power of the Spirit of God uh, to do for you what only he can do. And all it takes is a yielding to him and a willingness to follow his voice. He wants to purge our hearts and minds. He wants to purge our mouths. And lastly, I want to say he wants to purge and saturate your motions. That is your actions. God wants to get in your business and he wants to become your business. Amen. The book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. The Bible says this, I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then it says, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, or that is it fights against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You see, that's why we can't do the things that we would because this old stinking flesh is always fighting the will of God. The Bible teaches us that right there in Galatians 5. But then listen to it. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> you know what that tells me? It doesn't mean that I shouldn't pay mind to the law. Uh, what, what it means is Jesus has already represented me before the Father. And I'm not a, held accountable to my righteousness, but to the righteousness of Jesus. But what you need to understand is the reason Jesus covers you with his righteousness is so that he can also impart to you his nature. Amen. If you want to be holy, live like Jesus. 
Amen. If you want to think holy, think like Jesus. If you want to talk, talk holy, talk like Jesus. Uh, uh, he is your holiness. He is your righteousness. And what he's teaching us is we're not held accountable to the law of Moses. We're held accountable to the law of grace through Jesus Christ, uh, which holds us, by the way, to a much higher standard. Because in the law, if you're called in the act, you're guilty. But under grace, if you even think about it, you're guilty. Because God wanted to get deeper than the surface. God wanted to get deeper than rituals and ruts and routines and methodology and all of that. God wanted to saturate your very being. And so he gave us Jesus. Hallelujah. And it said, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Need I read them? I think I will. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness or loose living, idolatry, worshiping false gods, witchcraft, which is also similar to rebellion because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, which is putting yourself under the submission and leadership of Satan. Can I get an amen? Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Uh, uh, did I read that right? That's what it said. Revelings and such like. Now listen, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Hmm. Interesting. This is not teaching to us a works salvation. It's teaching to us that salvation works. Did you catch the difference? It's not teaching a works salvation. It's teaching that salvation works. If you say you've been baptized into Christ, but you come up looking the same and you've not been dyed in the blood of Jesus thereby representing his character in your life in any way, shape, form, or fashion, then you are still of, your, uh, of the works of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. Salvation works. And that's why there's so many people today that have a misconception of religion. They think this is religion. The gospel I preach to you is not a man-made religion. It's a pure and undefiled religion. Amen. And here's the difference. Man's religion tries to reach God's heights in his own efforts. God's religion reaches man's depths in his holiness. And I'm glad that when I couldn't go to where he was, he came to me. And I'm glad that the Holy Spirit of God is doing a work in my life. And no, uh, I, I'm not perfect. Uh, and no, I won't be till I lay this. You know, whenever, whenever I finally lay this old flesh down in the grave, then it'll be dead and quit bothering me. That's the only day your flesh will quit bothering you is when you breathe your last breath. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ain't it sad that we have to wait until we die sometimes to get 100% victory, amen. But let me tell you what. You can get a whole lot of victory before you die. A whole lot of it. I don't have a percentage scale for you. Everybody's in a different place in their walk with God. But I will tell you this. God will work to purify you. God will work to change you. There will be the inner working of the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you into all truth, which tells me that if he's leading me into truth, then I'm not completely in truth yet. Well, if I'm not in truth yet, then I must be dwelling in some evil places. 
some wrong places, some untruthful places. So the only way he's going to deliver me through this maze of life until he raptures me out or calls me home uh, is by following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And if I follow his leadership, Jesus even taught us uh, after we have uh, uh, stepped into the presence of God and we have, uh, we have talked to our Lord and we have prayed according to the model prayer, he teaches us to close the model prayer by saying, uh, lead us rather not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Think about that. You ever had a good spiritual high with the Lord in prayer? Then you step out of your prayer room and get hit by the devil. Woo! Just like that. Just flattened like a pancake. And you thought you were so spiritual that you'd never have another problem. Amen. Boy, you felt so good. You th- I've said it when I've preached before. I feel like I could charge hell with a water pistol. And then I learned that hell's looking to charge me with something too. Amen. You better quit boasting on yourself. Your emotions will deceive you. You can have a spiritual high with God and walk into a trap. That's why Jesus said, when you exit the throne room, you say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Lord, I I, I know emotionally I feel stronger than I've ever felt right now. And I feel like there's not a devil in hell can rob me of my victory. But I also know that my my emotions will lie to me. So as I leave your presence, Lord, lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from evil. Because I know the devil is wanting to set up ambushments, uh, ambushments against me and take from me everything you just gave me in prayer. Amen. I'm talking about being saturated with the Spirit of God. Living a life of victory over your sin and over your flesh. God can get us there, but it's going to take being led by the Spirit of God. And it's going to take a willingness to repent. A willingness to turn from our sin. Amen. Think about the uh, Acts of the Holy Spirit. Commonly called the Acts of the Apostles in the book of Acts. They're not really the Acts of the Apostles. They're the Acts of the Spirit through the Apostles. Think about it. What would this Christian, uh, Christianity today look like if every, every believer in Christ was filled with and baptized in the Holy Spirit of God? It would change everything. It would change the landscape of Christianity in our culture. We would no longer be the laughing stock of this world. Proclaiming to be one and yet living another. By the way, the, the greatest form of deception is the form of hypocrisy. The most blind people of all are the people who are hypocrites. Because they don't see the error of their own way. Blinded. And this world sees a bunch of hypocrites. Because we have people, and sometimes we ourselves are guilty of it. Might as well say Amen of not being completely saturated, baptized, covered, immersed in the Spirit of God. So in conclusion, this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit looks like, I believe, by definition in God's Word. Jesus said it in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. 
Isn't that wonderful? See, God wants to cover all the bases. And that's what baptism in the Holy Spirit really looks like. It's not some fanaticism. It's not some confusion. It's God having His perfect will and way in every area of your life. And that is the place that we should all seek and find with all of our heart as born-again believers. So are you willing to let God saturate every fiber of your being? Let Him burn out the chaff in your life so that you look like Jesus, so that you sound like Jesus, so that you act like Jesus. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycottle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.